Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well-thought-out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why Principal Design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars, and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realize that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased full traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's program. Today, we have an extraordinary guest with us, someone who is brewing up something truly special in the world of craft beer. Joining us from Lightning Minds Beer is the founder, Michael Payne. With a passion for craft beer, the team have created a beer that is not only delicious, but also unique and thoughtfully crafted. From their signature pale ale, Lightning Minds Beer is quickly becoming a must-try for beer enthusiasts focusing on low-alk and non-alk alternatives. So grab a cold one as we have a chat with Michael today. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm really well, Sean. Thank you so much for having me today. Mate, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on. As as we were just uh, riffing a bit before the podcast, like we're talking to so many more non-ALK and low-ALK producers in Australia at the moment, and we really want to highlight those because they're a really important and growing part of the scene. And we really want to talk about your thoughts, obviously, about that today. Um, Before we get into that, like let's talk about how you started out in the hospitality industry and then how Lightning Minds sort of came to be, like why you actually wanted to start it. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a chance uh, occasion for me. Um, I'd come from a retail background. I've had like a footwear store. It's like I've always loved footwear. Um, moved to the U.S. for a little while in 2018. Um, came back and COVID kind of uh, forced our hand a little bit to shut up shop. I'd been in the business for 15 years in the footwear industry and decided to not resign the lease. Uh, it's a bit of a stressful occasion, as you can imagine, and mm. I had uh, a lot of friends in the hospitality industry, so I started doing some bar work, um, really enjoyed it, um, came from a, you know, probably a heavier drinking background, and then the mix of shutting down a business and COVID and hospitality sector um, just kind of all collided and it became a bit of a negative influence for me. Um, actually ended up in hospital and it was a very, very much a 
I don't know, shock to the system and it uh, basically decided after leaving hospital, I was going to stop drinking there and then. Wow. Um, hence the name Lightning Minds. It was a little bit the first time I'd ever had like any sort of epiphany. It was like so matter of fact, I just kind of knew I was done. Mm. Um, and this was in 2020 as the non-alcoholic industry was just starting to bubble up. Um, I had stopped drinking for probably three months after that and started to drink a few non-alcoholic beers and it was such a nice way to still involve and be a part of the social interaction with my friends and family um, and I was kind of looking for something to do and I've always really enjoyed creating brands and I yeah just put my heart and soul into this and it had a real purpose to me. It kind of helped me stay, I guess, off alcohol. And I also wanted to just push in a new direction, you know, people in the hospitality industry who have always, you know, drinking such a big part of that culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted to see if it is possible that people can be in the hospitality sector and, you know, not, not have to rely on alcohol. Um, it's, yeah, it was just a, an amalgamation of a lot of things that came together at the right time for me and Lightning Minds was born. Wow. And how did you go through the process of actually setting the brand up? Like how long did that process take? Um, I kind of got the idea and found an amazing brewer named Matt Crockett in Fremantle WA. Had a few conversations and from that meeting, it was probably four months before we had a recipe and we're ready to go. Uh, I mean, in that four months, there was, you know, lots and lots of iterations of the recipe and back and forth and, tasting probably you know 70 imported a bunch of non-alcoholic beers from all around the world to just taste and see and kind of get an idea um so yeah it's probably four to five months before we were at our um i guess the recipe was ready Mm. so let's you know um broaden out that recipe development like how if it's to take four months like how did you actually work out what was going to be a good tasting product that was going to be in the market like was it just a case of you and the brewer sort of working together on what could work. Were you doing, um, you know, tasting panels or anything like that? Were you just getting friends and family in to get their opinion? Like, how did you work through that that format? Yeah, it's basically I just had an idea of the beers I used to really enjoy, um, and we just had a lot of the ones we had tasted were kind of heavy on like the sugar content and a little sweeter. So our main directive was. We want our beer just to be, I guess, like that perfect sweet, like perfect spot of bitterness. Uh, Matt had had some experience. He did his master's certificate for brewing in Germany. Obviously, like they are a lot more history in the non-alcoholic beer sector over there. Um, so he had a pretty good idea of like just how to put the recipe together. And it was just a lot of, lot of back and forth tasting figuring the the flavor profile we wanted um yeah and just a lot of input from a few trusted friends i guess mm. how did you feel when you finally had that last that last product that you were um keen to go to market with well i bet it must have been a, a bit of relief for you uh yeah it was, it was it was kind of relief and a little daunting because we were literally doing this in in like Matt's back shed in a 19 liter fermenter. <laughs> and we figured we'd nailed the recipe, but in Australia and the, we actually contract brew our beer. So the minimum requirement was 20,000 liters. Um, and there's no tasting the recipe between there's no, they don't do a sample recipe. So you've got to be hundred percent sure on your recipe 
or go back and get 100% sure. So we went from 19 liter fermenter to 20,000 liters and we just had to trust the process. And I think that came a lot of my naivety of being new in industry, kind of helped that process because I was like, well, okay, uh, I enjoy this beer. I think it's an amazing recipe. You've done a great job, but let's, let's go for it, you know. Uh, looking back, I may have had a little bit more trepidation. Now I've learned the industry a bit more, but that's the uh, the ignorance is bliss sometimes. True. Um, what did you? Could you see any product variation or any difference after it being gone through? You know that twenty thousand liter process as opposed to a nineteen liter sort of process. Was there a different kind of mouthfeel or uh, anything like that? Obviously, it's a still cracking beer. Uh, yeah, it actually got better. Matt always told me this. It's like once you go to professional, you know, contract brewer where like they're using the top of the line equipment, they've got, you know, you know, brewers who are paid to do this job. It's like there's a good chance it's going to come back better. And we were fortunate enough that that was the case. Like it was, yeah, it was like could take just, you could just like it's just a professional, you know, like crafted brew, like when it came back from our uh, contract brewer. Mm. And how did you go about making sure sort of the brand sort of stood out. Like we've talked with a couple of non-ALK and low-ALK producers the last 12 months um, as this as this part of the market has definitely expanded. Like, And with that, there's a lot more products on the shelf, right? Like how, mm-hmm. how did you want to make sure that it um, looked better when you put in a retail uh, perspective? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be competition this little this sector is uh you know quite competitive now with a lot of like alcoholic beer companies coming out um i always wanted it to be like a bit of a passion project for me like i'm pretty passionate on being uh having an option for people like we're a dedicated non-alcoholic beer brand uh that's what we the market we're going to sit in and i want to promote that healthy lifestyle as well as as part of being the the non-alcoholic beer that we sell. Um, it's also a bit of a collaborative effort. Obviously, there's a lot of dedicated non-alcoholic brands and non-alcoholic bottle shops. Like we want to work together with those. Like this is not something we want to be the number one about. This is about education for us. We want to be able to have products out there that give people a chance to just balance out their consumption of alcohol. Mm. um that's that you know i grew up uh you know in that era of like you were judged severely if you didn't drink um and you know took me until 40 years of age to understand that that doesn't have to happen anymore and now that there's some amazing options uh specifically for people in the hospitality sector um, you know imagine you've got a lot of experience in that you know seeing people who've had struggles with alcohol because it's such a prevalent part of that industry um now with this sort of options, people can you know have a healthy balance, healthy lifestyle. What why do you think there is less stigma than maybe when, you know, you and I sort of started out drinking, Michael? Do you think it's purely because there are options that look like the products that have alcohol in them now? Or do you think it's just um, a change in mentality of people um, around our age and younger who are thinking, Oh, you know, what low low alcohol, non alk um is okay now because I remember taking um, taking the piss out of people uh, for drinking, you know, light beers and all that kind of stuff when I was younger and, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff who would go out and, you know, be the designated driver or whatnot. But that, that mentality has completely changed now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right, the stigma's changed. It's um, probably a combination of things. I think people have now started to understand that 
it's you know alcohol can cause some pretty severe effects on you mentally as well um i guess going through covid seems to exacerbate that people were in an element that they weren't used to and it really kind of showed that their drinking habits were you know probably unhealthy um i think also a lot of younger kids it seems to be you know social media everyone's recording everything you know you don't want to be seen being completely wasted anymore like we didn't have that issue when we were younger you know none of this would ever come up it was you just you know rub it off okay that's you know that was a big night uh something crazy happened we'll just move on now it's like people have to live with the ramifications of you know that may have been recorded that may have been a photo that's been you know put up um so i think it's definitely a combination but um yeah i'm pretty excited that the stigma has changed because it it took me so long to realize that i can socialize without alcohol like uh Mm. you know like it's it's now um this age and it's you know i enjoy still hanging out in in a social environment where there's alcohol around but I can, you know, converse with people, uh, have a couple of non-alcoholic drinks and get on with my day the next day. So. It's quite interesting. We we touched on this uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes back with Tyler Martin from Yes You Can and, and we talked about how they did a marketing um, launch with a whole bunch of influencers um, with cocktails that were all non-alc and they didn't realise that they were non-alc um, mm. and how they would um, behave in that in that environment, you know, um, thinking that there was alcohol in the cocktails that were being poured. Like, do you think, like, the non-alc part is really is really just part of the story here? So when we go to a when we go to a pub or when we go to a, a barbecue, friends barbecue or something like that, and we pull out a non-alc beer, it's it's actually not about the alcohol being the circuit breaker or or whatever the one that you know makes us have that conversation with the person it's actually just the fact that you've got a drink in your hand and and you feel like there's some common ground with the person you're having a conversation with yeah i mean you're completely right it's like i i thought you needed alcohol to have a a a good conversation and so forth but there's once you get into a conversation with something someone there's a certain energy that you have that it's not created by the alcohol it's it's like a, a common bond you've got between two people like having a conversation um and also yeah you're right about that just having a can like that was what was missing i think previously in the years before when there wasn't many options you had to have like a water or a can of coke or something and you just didn't feel part of the tribe i guess and you know now you can the 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 sound of like cracking a can and having a couple of you know non-alcoholic drinks or drink in your hand just really brings you into that group mentality um and there's a lot of acceptance people see that you're drinking something so they're happy to you know just continue on with the conversation as normal Mm. what what do you think the future is for the craft beer industry in in your space in in non-alc and low-alc like how do you see it evolving over the last uh, over the next few years considering the last few years have been so dynamic a lot of brands are great brands coming onto the scene and producing some really high quality alternatives like where do you see it going the next couple of years yeah i still think there's a lot of growth um i still there's a lot of people you know who still aren't as aware as others as far as like non-alcoholic drinks and especially beer i think once we crack the 
keg and A would have non-alcoholic beer on tap, you'll have every bar will have a non-alcoholic beer on tap, mm. uh, which opens up the opportunity immensely. Um, we haven't even scratched the surface as far as like what the majors are going to stock and how much they're selling. There's a bunch of non-alcoholic stores that are opening. I see like that'll franchise out. There'll be competitors. You know, Dan Murphy's did a non-alcoholic pop-up in Melbourne, you know, a couple of months ago. They're, mm. they're obviously experimenting. I think there's massive growth. Um, I, you know, I'm not too sure this figure is exactly correct, but apparently, you know, the non-alcoholic beer is like 1% of the Australian beer market. Um, so it only needs to grow a couple of percent to really explode. Yeah, for sure. And how are you thinking about, you know, increasing your volume, if I can ask you? Obviously, you've got this plan for, for prem and, and off-prem at the moment, but do you think when we think about on-prem, it's going to get into segments which we're probably not talking about in the non-alcoholic space now, which is um, what if we started putting non-alcoholic into nightclubs and, and that kind of stuff? Like it's actually going to change the game rather than just putting them in really great restaurants and, and that kind of thing. Like how do you see your plan evolving for going to market? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to be part of every you know, every available you know venue that's you know, selling, a, you know, beers or craft beer. Uh, obviously, I think supermarkets are a big play. Like a lot of people will start just buying their non-alcoholic beers at supermarkets. Um, but we want to be represented in, you know, amazing quality restaurants and bars as well. So it's, uh, I think to get the, the, the word out there, we're going to have to get into some, you know, some, some of the majors, but we're, we're in talks and, you know, it's, it's still just a, you know, solid growth plan for us. So um, yeah, we're just starting to hit our stride. So I guess my last question to you, Michael, is like, what, what are your real growth plans for the future? Like you've obviously got this one great skew at the moment with the pale ale, um, are you looking to expand the amount of offering um, that you've got it at the moment? And what are you thinking about for the future coming years? Yeah, yeah, we've got another recipe to, that's already ready to go. Um, obviously, want to play around with you know some different beers as well. We're in talks with a couple of couple of people as well as you know adding actual benefits to to your beers, whether it be like a nootropic or a terpene that adds like a you know calming effect, something that you can actually get a benefit as well. I think non-alcoholic beer is a great vessel um, for this type of thing. Um, this is not our immediate plan, but I think you'll see a bunch come onto market, you know, in the coming years that will add some benefits to the actual non-alcoholic beer you're drinking can give you, you know, the daily dose that you, you need. Um, we're, yeah, definitely looking at that. We're in talks with a, yeah, a bunch of different people. But essentially we want to have, yeah, three or four different different non-alcoholic beers in the market and grow our brand and just the, just the I guess, how we represent ourselves as creating a healthy balance. You know, we want to just continue to educate as well and help people, um, you know, understand that if you can balance this out, it can have a great effect, a really positive effect on your lifestyle. Yeah. And I guess that means you can do different kind of marketing campaigns and, and that kind of stuff as well, right? Because obviously we were talking before the podcast about the swim club in Perth and that kind of stuff. Like it just allows you to pl to market and play in, different segments which are really exciting for a for a non-alcoholic space yeah i mean that's like the most fun i get out of this brand is doing collaborative efforts um working with creative agencies or coming up with ideas to do yeah like a swim club where it kind of 
you know, you're inviting people to test it out and see what, see what it's like to have a month off alcohol, um, test yourself, you know, do it, perform at a, I don't know, at a, a higher level, um, try something a little bit different. Um, we want to keep promoting and collaborating with a bunch of yeah, different, different brands, but yeah, you're right. It does open it up quite a bit for, uh, for marketing avenues. Awesome, man. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do next. Um, it's really exciting to have a chat with you on these early stages of your development as you go forward with um, a couple more ranges soon. Um, what's the best way that people can find out more about Lightning Minds Beer and uh, get a can in their hand? Yeah, we have a website, uh, lightningminds.com.au. We're pretty prominent on Instagram, at lightningminds. Uh, LinkedIn as well, we're starting to promote uh, our brand quite heavily. Um, but yeah, the store locator on our website is the best place to check it out. Um, we are getting yeah more and more venues every week, so hopefully there'll be one near you soon. Perfect. As always, that's linked up in the show notes of this podcast. Michael Payne, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Sean. Much appreciated. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Principal Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that episode and having a really good start to 2023, especially with some really great non-alcoholic products. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. As always, we're making this content with the industry in mind. So we'd love you to share it along. Please do. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder, that's one of the best design agencies in Australia. It's called Principal Design. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, and graphic design, you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting and 42 Days for hospitality advisory, training systems, and recruitment. You can find us at openpantryconsulting.com. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode and until next week, stay well, everyone. Have you ever considered what makes a brand successful? How one brand supersedes another in the hospitality landscape? Well, it's never a coincidence. It's always a product of well-thought-out branding strategy that captures the essence of your story. That's why Principal Design is making brands happen in cafes, restaurants, bars, and venues by crafting experiences that gives customers a reason to choose you. They are raising the standard of our industry and helping venues realize that strong brand presence is the key that unlocks all the good stuff like increased foot traffic, higher engagement, and overall happy customers. Branding ultimately becomes the face that engages your audience, delights them at every moment of their dining experience, and eventually earns their loyalty. Because you're part of the Poe community, we'd love to help you kickstart your brand journey. For a limited time only, Principal Design is offering free strategy sessions for our listeners. So jump over to the bio in the podcast description and book your time slot.